Hi, my name's Scott Thomas, and this is another brand spanking episode of Learning As I Go. Massive thank you to everyone who tuned in last week to listen to the main man, Mr. James O'Keefe. What an inspiration to me, like the work he's doing to help men deal with mental health. It inspired me, and I hope it inspired you too. This week, I am back with one of my very special friends and someone who had a massive impact on me in 2016 when I did Love Island, the original winner and champion for me, Nathan Massey. We are going to be joining each other today to talk about how Love Island affected our lives, how we dealt with the highs and the lows, also how it affected our mental health as well, because Love Island is an incredible show. It's an amazing platform, but I don't think we were both sort of kind of prepared for what kind of came afterwards. And this is going to be a special episode. So please get ready to learn another life lesson as we go with Nathan Massey. As I say every week, this podcast is all about bringing on people who have had a big impact on my life or inspired me in some way. And he's probably going to be surprised by this, but this chap has definitely inspired me because when I met him, I genuinely have never met anyone with so much charisma, so much... He was just so lovable and such an entertainer, right? And this guy is the one and only, the, the original, the king for me, of all winners, Mr. Nathan Massey from my series of Love Island. How are you, brother? How much have I got to pay you to say that, eh, boy? Ah! <laughs> That's lovely. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm really good. I just, do you know what, mate? Out of People always ask me, like, do you, do you stay in touch with people from Love Island? Like, have you got any good mates from there? And I always say, me and Nathan, we don't see each other much, but we always stay in touch and you're always there to support me and champion me. And, and we've been through a lot, mate. We've been through a lot, even just from that six-week period in there to now, it's been a mad old journey, right? It's nuts. And the way you look, if we look back, I don't know about you, but I always got, sometimes go through old clips and stuff, man. And it, I don't know what it does to me, but it just sends me back to the maddest, best time of our lives. Like, I don't think anyone can appreciate how good it is actually in there and the bromances you build, the romances you build, and then how close we become. I just loved, like, you know, you was like my big brother and I was like your naughty little brother. I was a high brand corner, scared of crap out of you. <laughs> you know, play pranks on each other every day. I don't think people realise how fun it is in there. It's the best. Honestly, mate, it was so fun, mate, because of you, if I'm honest. Like, literally, you were the person in that villa who kept us all entertained, like, literally 24 hours a day. And that's why I've asked you to come on this podcast, mate, because... I feel like you don't always get the credit you deserve for being... For me, it's, it's a talent what you've got. Like, the way that you can make people laugh, the way that you can sort of bring that energy all the time. Honestly, I've never met anyone like you, mate. So that's why I've got you on here. And also, there's something that we talked about recently that I'll, I'll lead back onto. But let's talk about Love Island. Let's talk about you, mate, because you and Cara won our series of Love Island in 2016, and you are now still together. How many years later? Oh, too long, mate. About six years. <laughs> six years later, and you've got two kids, right? Yeah, two kids, a dog. A dog, a family home, and you are living proof that Love Island actually works, right? It actually does work. And I think there was something very special about our season as well in terms of, I know 
Alex and Liv have got married as well. Like it's living proof that this this show actually works. For me, like we talked then about how amazing it was in the villa. And it was amazing. It was six weeks, wasn't it, of like just surrounded by beautiful people, our food delivered to us every single day. Talk about what was your favourite parts of the villa? I just loved waking up. I'm a, I'm a massive people's person. I love being surrounded by people constantly waking up. I'll never forget you had the bed to the left of me. You know, it was cho- like I used to always wake up in the morning. You used to wake up like a bear with sore red with too many beers the night before. I used to just love being around people. Just it was a new day and just having a laugh. That's what I was all about. Just loved having a laugh, playing pranks on people, taking the piss out of people, having, just winding people up, but in a nice way. You know what I mean? Like you said, it was it was in the middle of space. And you got to think my life was so much different to all this. I was a carpenter. Like I was. <laughs> Get, I was waking up five o'clock every morning, getting on the train with not two marbles to rub together. You know, I come from, I've had a good upbringing. My mum and dad have given me the best upbringing I could ever have. But I was just a weekend millionaire. I used to spunk all my money on the weekend. have no money on Monday, work my nuts off. And to give him this opportunity, I just thought, you know, what? I've got to take it with two hands and run with it. And I'm never going to get an opportunity like this again. And all my friends say, like, you've got the perfect personality to do something like this. I went on it, Scotty, and I just took it with two hands. And I just feel like I got lucky in the sense where I met Cara. You know, I ain't the tallest, I ain't the best looking geezer in the world. But she see, like, past my height and everything like that. And it's worked. And I've never been like, yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm just so thankful it worked. Like I said, we met the best people. Met you, met Alex and Olivia. You know what I mean? We just all gelled. It's, yeah, it's been an amazing experience. One that I'll never forget. That's one thing I always remember. We were, really were like a family in there and there was a special bond between all of us. And do you know what? Our series of Love Island, it wasn't a big show before we went in there, right? It wasn't as big as it is now. There weren't like sort of big stars to look up to or anything like that. And it was really our series that kind of catapulted that show into that sort of direction. So we went on there with no sort of expectations. We just literally went on there for the experience. All right, we might've got a few thousand followers out of it, but we didn't expect to like sort of blow up like we did. And I think that's what made it such a special experience. It was just literally like being on holiday and you got all your food uh, sort of catered for you. You got a beautiful villa. You got all these fit girls coming in all the time. And we literally had no phones, no time. And it was just a really sort of special point in our lives that I think we'll always look back on and we'll always really appreciate. But don't get me wrong, there was times, Nathan, when we all got tested in there, right? People asked me to go, was it great? I said, listen, it was great. But at the same time, as I fell for a girl in there and every week they're trying to send someone in there to try and take them off you. So it was mentally draining. You had to, you were, you and Cara were really solid in there. I, I believe like we didn't really get tested. I think from the, from the word go, like someone like yourself, and credit to you how you you stiffed it and everything like that. Like what people don't realise is it's genuine emotions that are going out to two million people a night, right? And this is the thing, this is what people don't understand. Like, I was breaking it. Every time there was I'll never forget the first time when Terry came in, yeah. And I remember me and you was what you was winding me up. You was like, he's gonna go for it, you know. I was going, shut up, you mug, like. <laughs> and then we went over and said the thing, and he's going, I think you like, and you know your your heart is in your mouth. You think like, Terry was like a a Greek god, wasn't he? He was just beautiful, and I thought if he takes Cara, I've got no chance. But you are, you're in them, you're just constantly tested. And even though me and Cara were so strong, it didn't matter. There's always someone better coming. You know what I mean? And you, you never know that. And you're always on guard. Like, don't get me wrong. It's great having a laugh and stuff. 
But as soon as a bombshell was coming in, everyone's on their toes. So I don't care who you are. Someone mentioned this to me yesterday, mate. They said that Love Island's kind of a little bit like a social experiment. And it is a little bit like in terms of trying to see how people react in certain situations, which sometimes isn't the best. And it can be tricky for a lot of people. And we've seen over the years how people haven't dealt with that in the right way. And, and it can be tough. And we'll talk about that because, listen, we went in there. We had a great experience, great summer. And we came out on top of the world. And... We, were, we weren't prepared, really. I mean, for me, I think I was in a slightly different boat because I always had my brothers around me, right? So my brothers were always in... Exactly. So, to me, someone like me, Scotty, you've got your brothers, you know that side of life, where someone like me, it was so alien, I can't even explain it. Like, I remember, yeah, the last day I worked, it was a Friday, end of the day, and I was sweeping up all my wood chippings that I made that day. And then I got, I'll never forget it, and I got, a phone, I got on the phone and it was like, mate, you've made the last six. I was like, are you winding me up? That feeling for just a normal guy off of a building site to being catapulted straight into this. Like you said, it wasn't that big, the show, but then the show from our series with like you, all the drama happened with you and, and Terry, Marlin coming back. I don't think it's going to be beaten. And you've got Sophie and Katie getting together. God bless her. I, I think it's going to be hard to beat. And I just think a lot of people know what they're getting themselves in for. They're not going in it the way we're going into We went into it. They want to see, do you know what I mean? But that's the way it is. That's the way the world goes. And what can you do about it? Yeah, but let, let's talk about that, Nathan. So like you said, you, you came from a really normal background. You were one of, the, one of the boys. You earned an honest living. And this was a completely new world to you. And you came out as the champion of Love Island, the winner, right? And you were sort of thrown into the limelight. And what was life like then? What was it like when you started getting recognised everywhere you went? And, and what was it like dealing with the fame and all that kind of stuff? I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm still not used to it now. When people come around the parks and this lady shouting, Nathan Cora! So I don't think you'll ever get used to that side of things. But mate, it was strange. And if I could turn back time, I would do a lot of things a lot different, you know? Like you said, you're, you're, put, you're put into this world. You're going out, you're getting paid. Like, I was put, like, beforehand, put it this way, I was I was spending my week's wages going to Faces or 195, buying a table. And then you come out, then you're getting paid to drink. Now, that's a slippery slope because you're taking your boys to a PAs and all stuff like that, and you're boozing constantly. So I struggled with that side of it massively because I was a party boy and I had someone like Cara... And I didn't see it then. I was a young fella off of a building site, given this opportunity. I took it with two hands. Did I party too much? Probably, yeah. Do I regret it? Probably no, but I could have made something a little bit more than what I've done now if I channeled it right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Listen, I think we can all look back. Same with me as well. Like, I kind of got sort of thrust into the limelight and I know my brothers had always been around that, but I still wasn't really prepared for it. And I don't think I had the right guidance or management at the time to, to deal with that. And I think we both look back and go, I wish I made certain different decisions and everything else. But listen, we can't have regrets. But at the same time is, there's an element of it being a bit of an anti-climax, Nathan, because we came out, we had all this amazing attention and all these sort of followers and everything else. And then we were looking for the next opportunity. And I don't know about you at the time, Nathan, but the opportunities just didn't yeah. didn't seem to be there because I feel like at the time, just no one knew what to do with us. We were a new sort of reality star, so to speak, and we couldn't get back on TV. Yeah, we got some good brand deals and stuff like that, the PAs, but in terms of longevity and a direction, no one had done what we had done before. I know there was Series 1, but it wasn't on the same sort of scale. So I felt a lot of the time, Nathan, like not a little bit let down in a way. Did you feel that way? 
I'll tell you the analogy I have. And a great analogy is, yeah, I felt that. I remember going to a meeting with my agent and I think it was about four months after everything kicked off. And you got to imagine as well, like I got built up. I won Best Male Personality at the National Reality Television Awards as well. So I'm thinking, bloody hell, like this is this is going off the Richter scale and everything like that. And I remember like six months down the line, I, I meet with my agent and then they said, no one really wants to pursue you guys anymore. I think they want to wait for the next years to come along. And that hurt. And and then when it does happen, my analogy is, and this is how I tell people, it's like, you know, Toy Story, when Andy gets, he's got Woody and he's playing with Woody and he's having, and then Buzz comes along and then just throws Woody under the bed, you know? And Woody's just like, well, that's how I felt, you know? Yourself and, and I, and a lot of other people ain't been lucky enough. Where we were in the first show and everything like that, People are still interested in our lives, even us, you know, people, we still kept our followers and everything like that, where everyone's following the pleats and everything like that. That's the hardest part, you know, if you go off the face of the earth, you get this for a year and what a life it was for the first year. And then after that, mate, to be given that, to going down to back to that. And I went straight back to work, Scott. I went back to work with my dad, but it hurt. You know what I mean? I got, I felt ashamed that I was like, I didn't want people to see me back in my oh, work man. clothes. You know what I mean? I've, and I had a hat and I was thinking, cool, like someone, but then, you know, like I said, now I've, I've, I'm over that now. But when I first come out, I didn't want people to see me in my work clothes. I'd wear a tracksuit on the train, go and work and then change and make oh, sure, do you know what I mean? I just didn't want people to, that's how I felt. Oh, do you know what, Nick? That, that's what's made me feel emotional, you know, bro. Like, literally, that hit, that hurt me then, man, because I, I know how you feel. Like, and I, I don't in a different way, because, for example, I knew it was always going to come, and I've seen it, because I've been around the industry, and I was already lucky that I kind of had a little bit of my own profile and stuff going on in Manchester. I had my brothers around me and stuff, so I always had that support. But for someone like yourself, who's kind of been thrown into this world, given such a platform, and then it kind of being told, like, do you know what? we're waiting for the next people now. Your, your time's kind of done. Like I've seen it and it's tough. It was tough for me. Mm. It was tough for me with all the backing I had and the support. And I felt for you. And I think I'm really glad that me and you, we had so many conversations and talks where we kept each other going and motivated and stuff like that. But and I think over time, we've kind of realized that this is what the industry is like. And it's, it's a dog eat dog kind of industry. And you've got to keep hustling. You've got to keep moving. And without the right guidance and support, people feel lost. Do you know what, Scotty, and I say, I don't say this a lot, but if I didn't have Cara in my life or I didn't get back with Cara, I didn't have Freddie in my life, I really don't know what would have happened with me. Seriously. My son and my wife, Cara, saved my life, like one million percent. It's a spiralling path to go down. And if I didn't get back with Cara and I didn't have my son Freddie to live for, you know, things would have been a lot different. I don't know where, I don't know what. But I wouldn't have been in a good place whatsoever. Is but I'll tell you, I, I I was out for Malik's thirtieth, um, and this is what really hit home last week. And I was sitting one of his. He, he he's always in circles where people are just smashing life and whatnot. And I was opposite a guy. He's a very wealthy geezer, and, and I was talking to him about how we're talking now about the the ups and downs. And he said to me, "How do you measure wealth?" And I said, I, "You can't." And he said, "You can." And this guy was, has got millions in his account and he turned around to me and he said, you're wealthier than I am. I said, well, how do you work that out? He said, because you've got what I've won. I want a family and kids, I ain't got that. 
And that hit home for me massively. Yeah, do you know what, mate? That's such a good point to make because people ask me all the time, what does success look like to me? And I used to think it was just millions in the bank and everything else. But for me, success is having different areas of your life in check, whether it be your health, your fitness, your family, your friends, all right, business as well, because that's what sort of makes me tick a little bit. But it's about having those different pillars in check. And I think sometimes, especially for us coming out of Love Island, and this is something that you mentioned to me the other week, where you went, Scott, you know what? I'm done with looking over the fence, right? You said, I'm done with looking over the fence. And I was like, that is such a good way to look at it. It's about stop comparing yourself to everyone else because a lot of us do that, especially Love Islanders. We compare ourselves to other Love Islanders and other people in the industry. And it's it's tiring and it's draining and it really does knock your confidence. So to have clarity, that doesn't matter. Stay focused on your own lane. That's something that, it's not about what everyone else is doing. It's about how well we're doing and what and how much we're enjoying our lives. Is that something that you really sort of noticed? Massively. Like I said, it's what I put it down to is my kids, you know. Once I had kids and stuff, like don't get me wrong, we, we live a good life, we do well, you know. But once you have kids, Rolexes and 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 Louboutins and everything like that, that don't matter anymore, you know. Putting good trainers and, and put providing your kids with a good life, that matters. And that's what happened. It, there was a time when I come off a lot, uh, like a couple of years after, and you see certain people on TV, and you, like, mate, it, it eats you up. It does, and it always has eaten me up until the last year. You know, until I've got my family, we live a nice life, and everything. That's when I stopped looking over the fence, concentrating on on me and and my family. Not like I said, looking over the fence. It's just, it's the worst thing to do. Yeah, and I think, listen, and I don't want to sort of hold anything against Love Island because it was a great platform for us all, right? Like, I built some incredible businesses off the back of it. It's still opening doors for me now. I'm still getting looked after at certain places. I know you're getting looked after, going on nice holidays and stuff like that. It's still been such a positive force in our lives, and I wouldn't change it for the world. But one thing I will say is, I feel like the follow-up, and, and I think this is part of the reason why I've moved into management with social PR, is because I want to make sure that when people do go onto these shows now, they have the right people and support around them. And I think at the time, me and you didn't really have that. Mm. And I think it wasn't really available. A lot of it was a smash and grab job with with agents. Do you know what I mean? I think they sort of knew your time scale and everything like that. But to someone like myself, you sort of had the knowledge there with your brothers and stuff. Mm. I didn't. So I just didn't have a clue. I thought it was going to last forever. I'll be honest with you. When I won Love Island, Standing up there with with Caroline and Cara when she said that them famous like them words, I thought that's it. I'll never have to build, go on a building site ever again. But how how wrong I was. Yeah, no, I get that, mate. And do you know what, mate? It's a credit to you how strong you are to to power through now and, and create the life that you've created, mate, and become the father and man that you are. From ballooning around the villa, doing pranks to be now and a father of two kids and holding up a household. You should be so proud of yourself. Yeah, I've come from a long way, man. It is and. Like I said, the only thing that has done that for me is having children, and that is it. It's, and like I said, I am, I'm, I am proud of where I've come to today. Like my, my kids, I'm just with them all the time. I'm, I, I can quite honestly put my hand on my heart and say that like, I'm the best dad I can be. Do you know what I mean? Amazing, man, amazing. And do you know what, Nathan? It's funny because I had a kid in my office today who's going into Love Island, and it was such a really nice feeling to be able to sit there 
and give him like my honest sort of feedback on the whole journey and put things in perspective saying, listen, mate, don't go in there with all these sort of false pretenses that you're going to be a multimillionaire and you're going to do this and that. Just go in for the experience and I'll make sure that I'm there for you with my team when you come out to navigate you through that. But it's good to be able to give people that perspective. And I think some people do go in there with the wrong perspective. And credit to Love Island right now, they're doing a lot of mental health work, a lot of checks around it now to make sure that people are in a really good place. It's a rigorous process now. I've seen it myself because I've placed some contestants in there myself this year and the amount of work that goes into it. So credit to Love Island for doing that. But listen, I don't think it's just Love Island or reality TV. I think it's the, the fame game itself. And social media world, the world of social media, it's such, um, I don't like to say fake, but it's kind of just a highlight reel of everyone's life. It's so important that you get perspective that social media, all these glamorous life, it's not real life. It's literally just a highlight reel. And I think we fell sort of under that, that spell of the social media world and comparing ourselves to everyone else. And I think anyone listening to this right now, like stop comparing yourself to other people. Like it's not, it's not the real world. Would you agree with that? One million percent. And one thing that I make sure and Cara does, she, we never filter our photos. So what you see is what you get because I just don't see the point of it. It's a fake thing. Like, that's your face. If you walk down the street, yeah, and someone sees you, they're going to see that. Not your filtered photograph that you put on Instagram. It's fake. Don't do it. Don't filter you, you know? And I think a lot to do, a lot of um, these people got millions and millions of pounds to do whatever they want, plastic mm -hmm. surgery or what. And they're still filtering their photographs. Show the real stuff. That's what Instagram should be for. People love it. You know, I wake up. It's not rosy at all, mate, pairing in. It's hard graft. It is graft. You wake up, you're changing shitty nappies. The kids are drawing on the walls that you've just decorated. Like, they're running around. They're constantly on on it. Like, I show that side and people absolutely love it. And the amount of messages I get, thank you so much. Like, I, I, I can't stand seeing all this stuff on TV and, cut like, this, you know, this for gazy life. Oh, there's my wife. Look, go on, show her a little cameo. Look, look. Oh, hello, Cara. Hello. While you're here on your mic, on the mic, how much have you seen Nathan grow grow over the years? I think we all have. I think you have as well. I think he's just he's just changed his perspective of everything. Like he used to be like, you know, wanting to go out, wanting to do this, wanting to do that, and now he's just he's just calmed down. Like he still has these little blowouts, and he goes out, and you're the same. Like you used to do all that, and both of you have calmed down so much. It's been, like over the last six years, both of you have really grown up. What, and one thing with you, Cara, I always think from the from the moment you kind of left the villa, you was always kind of you always had a good perspective on it all. You always kind of quite controlled in terms of not falling into the bullshit. You didn't need to be surrounded by everyone to try and validate yourself. You kind of just went off into your own lane and did what you needed to do. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think that's a credit to you. They used to say I was stuck up and I was just like, no, I've got my friends. Like, you know, we speak to the people from Love Island that we're still close with. We speak to you. We speak with Ryak. Like, Katie Salmon, I message her every now and then. You know, like the other week we went and surprised Adam. Like, at his wrestling match. You know that was I mean? funny. He's, like, it's little things like that, you know, like, and you just stay in touch with people, didn't you? The people that you... Yeah. You know, it's a two-way street, isn't it, staying in touch? And we're all busy. And, like, with you, we might not hear from you for a little while, but then... You know, you and Nathan will be on the phone for an hour. Like, it's just... It's 100%. It's about... It's just about having that. We are just saying, Cara, it's about not comparing yourself to everyone else and just being content with what you've got. And, and I think oh, that, that's what Nathan said to me the other day and it really stood out. He said, I'm just tired of sicking, looking over the fence. I just want to be happy with what I've got. And I, I am happy. And that's just a credit to you as well. He said some really nice things about you, Cara. You've done well. I did hear it. I was sitting in the front row. <laughs> 
Like, sounds <laughs> of comparing stuff. I think that takes a long time to get your head around it because I think all of us would have been at a point where you do do that. And I think it takes takes time to not compare yourself and not worry about what everyone's doing and sort of realise that, you know, we've all got niches and there's enough for everyone to eat. And on Instagram, I used to always sit there with, like, makeup on and my hair down and, like, wearing, like, a bikini, you know what I mean? And then I got to a point, I was like, I've had two kids. Like, why am I trying to compete with these 19-year-olds that are coming out of Love Island? Like, they've not had kids. Like, my body is not like that anymore. I think once you start being yourself on social media, that it makes your life so much easier. Like... You know, you evolve as a person. Like, we're not the people we were six years ago. You're not the person you were six years ago. Like, your work changed, your life changed, your interests changed. And, yeah, it takes a long time to get your head around it, but I think we're all sort of there now, aren't we? Mm. That, that's the biggest sort of message I have to anyone going into one of these shows now is, like, just stay true to who you are. And by doing that, nothing but good things will come your way. Like, literally, just by being you and being raw that's when the sort of people buy into you even more. And the more vulnerable you are, and the more honest you are, people love you for it. And I think that's that's a credit to what you guys have done as well. I've got to go because I've got to see my mum, but we should have a chat, Scotty. We will do. Let's do it. I like this. Mate, I love you. Right. Enjoy. What an absolute journey you've been on, mate, to get to where you are now. And Joe, mate, thank you so much for talking honestly and openly to, to me about this and, and putting yourself out there, mate, because I didn't even know some of the stuff you said. But what, what advice would you give to anyone, mate, now going onto a reality show like that or, or even going onto TV or entering the influencer world? What advice would you give to someone? Expect nothing. Oh, wow. Expect nothing. Expect nothing. And then anything that you do get is a bonus, right? I didn't even have an, uh, an agent going onto Love Island. And I'll never, I'll never forget you used to go, mate, you ain't got an agent. You're going to, like, do you know what I mean? You used to be my biggest fan in there. Like, you need an agent. you got to do this and that. And I was like, but then once we come out, I had about four agents lined up wanting to sign me, you know. I just think, expect nothing. I know it's hard to do that if you're going on to a show like that. But I had my job opened up. I told him to my boss, I'm going on Love Island. He cracked up and said, listen, you've got your job here. Thank God, touch wood. I have been back to work. I've done little bits and pieces and stuff like we're on, on site when things get quiet. And I'm not afraid to admit it at all. I, that's my roots. I live a lot better lifestyle now. There's doors that have opened that have never been opened if I was still on a building site. Great things going on with golf and golf breaks and stuff, which is my dream job. So, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. And do you know what, mate? Instead of saying expect nothing, why don't we just turn it around and say, you know what? Just be grateful for what you've got right now. Enjoy the journey. And then anything that does come your way is a bonus. And I think something Cara mentioned then about abundance, right? There is enough to go around for everyone. And I think that's such a good mindset to have that there's enough success, enough prosperity and just good vibes to go around for everyone. And I think sometimes we think, I need to grab this, I need to keep this for myself or there's not enough not enough room for me and this person in this space when really there is. And I think that's something really special that I've learned over the years. Nathan, man, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed it, mate. Like, we, when we go when we get on the phone, we can't get off. So it's just... It feels like we've just had another one of our conversations, man. And... I'm so proud of you, bro. Like, let me tell you something right now. Like, for me, you will always be and still are a winner in my eyes. And one thing about you, Scotty, you uh, were the put one person that got my, my body back in shape. That was you as a one person. I see you getting ripped up. I'll never forget. I was at work. I was on site. And I said from that day on forward, when I see you ripped up, you had like a six pack on your back. I thought this geezer looks like Troy. I thought, you know what? I'm going to um, change my life. And from that day, 
I've got to thank you for that because that from that day from now I run I get up every morning I'm back in good shape I'm not got a massive belly on me and I swear on my kids life that was down to you changing your life and I thought if you can do it I can do it and I did so thanks oh, for man. that fair play to you man fair play to you and thank you so much I love you so much bro and um, I appreciate you top man Oh, I just love that boy, man. I just love Nathan. And I, I honestly just, I appreciate his honesty as well because that hit me hard a little bit because I didn't know how low he actually felt at certain times. And listen, some of us weren't prepared for the fame that we got and the situation we were placed in. And it's just about trying to raise awareness around that now. And that's what I'm trying to do at the social PR for any talent that go in there. I want to make sure they've got the support and guidance they need. So Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm just feeling emotional. Thank you to everyone who's been supporting the podcast, rating, reviewing, following. It really does make a massive difference. And please drop me a DM at scott.thomas on Instagram. I will come back to you with some good vibes. So thank you so much. And make sure you check out Manx on the Mic as well with my brothers. And I will see you soon for another episode of Learning As I Go.